is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Oh no, sorry, there is already a jingle going on beneath us. I'm looking down on this jingle. I feel like I'm on a pink cloud looking down at the music mm-hmm. playing beneath us. Um, this is a good one. I can't one. believe we've got to this far in. I don't know how many episodes we've Nearly done now. Nearly And we haven't done Moody Teenagers. Well, the concept of how a Moody Teenager. How did that happen? Yeah. How was that not like... Episode two. You are such. A, you you still are. You still are. It, you still are a moody teenager now. Yeah. You walk around with a face of a slapped tart. Like a slapped tart. That's the phrase we use. Anyway, have you got a moody teenager? Do you suffer with moody teenagers? Are you a moody teenager? Are you a teenager that really despises being called moody because actually you're just thoughtful? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we look is, at it from all yeah. POVs. This is a conversation for you guys. Let's get on with it. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Leave me alone. Eh? Leave me alone. Uh. You're right. Uh. <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah, moody teenagers. Uh. The grump of the moody teenager. Now, before we go any Kevin further, Perry, isn't it? we do want to say that we are also going to be talking about what it's like for you two teens. So this isn't just the adults talking about what a nightmare moody teenagers are. We do look at it from your perspective as well, which is often that you're struggling with a whole load of stuff. You know, you get to a point where we all do it. You get to a point where you're not, you don't quite understand each other in the way that you used to. Well, it's funny you should say that because whenever I mention, when I mention to Maddie to do her voice note that we were doing Moody Teens and on our social media mentioning the fact that we were doing Moody Teens, um, it was received, the phrase Moody Teens was received with the same sort of uh, hostility, frustration and annoyance as um, Snowflake. I think there's a sense that it's a catch-all phrase mm. that lumps an incredibly, uh, you know, a multitude of com- really complex emotions mm. and experiences and things that a young brain and a young heart and yeah. a young body's going through. It can feel like too much of a sweeping statement. Exactly. A label. And that's Nobody our fault. That's our fault. What would, how would we like it if kids just said, oh, moody parents? Well, they do. That's true. <laughs> that's very true, actually. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, moody teens. That's all right. We're yeah, going to go yeah. with moody teens. Okay, so I think everyone has their sort of stereotypical idea of the moody teenager. But I suppose we should start with: Were you a moody teenager? Terrible. Oh, were you? Terrible. I mean, I used to rush home as fast as I could because I would want my mum to open the door and me go, "Oh no, I hate oh, right. you!" And I'd go up to my room and I would sit there hating her. Right. I was convinced, but I can remember really feeling very keenly that I couldn't... Everything that had happened in that day was horrendous and I could come home and I could take it out on my mum. I remember feeling that. Right. So you actively remember the desire and the intent to yeah. go... Ugh. Yeah, I do, actually. Do I do. I remember, I remember feeling the power of storming past her and going up the stairs because mm. it's probably that I wanted to storm past a lot of other people, but mm. there's such pressure at that age, and I can still remember it, the pressure to fit in, the pressure to, you know, the friend count. How many friends have I actually got? You didn't 
think about the quality, it was the quantity. Um, you know, liking a boy and not sure if they like not sure if they like you, you know, all the struggles with girlfriends, like uh, in the, in your teen years, especially in the early teens, is so complicated. You mm. know, there's so much drama that goes on mm. within friendship groups. And my God, we've seen that with our girls as well. So it's enormously stressful, you know. I started having real body image problems at about 11, 12. Mm. I had a lot of... I was either extremely jolly or extremely dark and confused by the whole meaning of life and wondering about many of what has some other stuff going on as well. That but presumably you weren't always moody, were you? As a moody teen. I mean, is, I mean, the thing about the phrase moody teen is teenagers... I would save it for my parents. Yeah, exactly. That's what, but that's the point I'm trying to make. In the outside world, I was just... People would go, oh, she's great, mm. she's good. But, it, but underneath, there were all these stresses and strains going on. And the person that I could take that out on was my mum. Ah. I didn't need to take it out on my dad because yes. my dad never, ever stepped up to the play, plate and said anything. He let right. my mum do all the telling off. Right. So my mum was the one that had to put in the boundaries, that to say, no, you can't go out and you've got to be back at this time and all that stuff that I just didn't want to hear. But it's interesting what you say because what you're saying about choice and about selective moodiness with selective people, albeit... Generically, a lot of people, a lot of teens do it with their parents. The idea that there's choice in it flies in the face of all the science that I've read that moody teenagers can't help but be moody because of the development of the brain and the development yeah, of the hormones true. and all that. that no, is what I, no, no, I no, 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 no. And I'm being kind of, I'm being facetious because, but the weird thing is, is they cannot be those things. If they cannot be moody with someone, they can also not be moody with the parents. No, but I, 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 I know what you're saying. But nobody can not be moody ever. Mm. Nobody. I mm. mean, my thing is when people say, oh, moody teens, I always want to say to the parents, were you ever moody? Are mm. you ever stressed? Do you come in from a hard day's work? Oh, God, work? don't get me wrong. Or do you get fed up with the cooking or the cleaning or the working on the trains or the buses or the bills? No, or... don't get me wrong. I'm playing, so, playing devil's advocate. No, 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 no I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm answering it back. And so I think that kids, if you actually ask yourself as a parent, how often are are we maybe that very thing that we accuse mm. our teenagers of being? I think the hardest thing for me about, and I think it must have been the same for my mum with the moods of the teenager, is feeling locked out of what they're thinking and feeling. Mm. Because it's so worrying when sometimes they look so, so miserable and you imagine the most terrible thing well, I mean, must I have think happened. That, uh, but actually they might just be knackered, fed yeah. up with their friends, sad about the boy that they like yeah. that doesn't seem to be looking at them. I mean, you just never know and that's well, what I find the hardest. Well, I think that, and also there can be much darker reasons for a, for a mood swing or, or being down in mood. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I am being devil's advocate a bit there because, I mean, when I look back to when I was a child, I don't ever remember being moody with my mum. I mean, I literally don't remember it. I remember being very embarrassed of the setup at home. I remember, uh, I don't remember actually being around her that much. And I hate to say it because she wasn't around that much. So I don't remember having her to react against. I remember her having an incredibly moody partner. So for my equivalent to your family setup, it was like having a moody father figure in the house who's incredibly moody. And it would really, it would really infiltrate the whole house. And so really my desire was to escape that. And I used to be silly and I had a girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. But the one parental figure I did feel incredibly moody with was my nan, and that was from about the ages of about 15 to 17, to the point of wanting to, you know, feeling such such virulent fury towards her if she questioned or queried or challenged me on anything. And I think this is an interesting point because 
I, rem I remember her challenging me. I'd been on my first holiday to Greece. I was in the front room down in, in, uh, in Dorset with my grandparents. I'd put some coffee beans in a Sambuca. I'd ignited it. It was a light. And she went, she went batshit crazy saying, it's going to blow up, da 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 and this, for me, marked my entry into the world. I knew how a Sambuca worked. I knew this wasn't going to explode. I what knew a I... What a prep. What a total, total <laughs> douchebag. And I was clutching this glass that was on fire, shouting at my nan, going, don't tell me what to do, because I was like, I'm in control of this because I want to be an adult. The whole moody thing, I think, kicks in where... There's that real conflict, isn't there, between teenage, where teenagers are trying to reach into that world or are reaching into the world of adult choices, adult freedoms, adult experiences and understandings of the world. And yet they're still snagged by, by being a child and, and they're in the parental home and there are the rules and the regulations. We can think of many people who, have, who are now in their mid-20s and older 20s who still feel when they return home, they have to resort back to child because the house demands it of them and the sort of family situation demands it of them. Um, and I think that the moody response is one of is one of quite justified really fury and frustration because really they want to fly the nest they want to escape and they want to be free but i think it's interesting that the person that you went for was your nan because you are 100 percent sure that your nan loved you true and so i Very do true. see it as like an act of love that yeah. they know like i didn't know when i was a teen that my friends really loved me i didn't know that my boyfriend really loved me right okay. i didn't know that my teachers actually really cared about me but i knew that i could be just as vile as i wanted and my parents would still love me because there was unconditionality <clears throat> unconditional love and i do think it is part of mm. it's a rite of passage really i think i think you're right you know that's a classic example of what you're talking about you were trying to show your nan that you'd moved away that you yeah. knew stuff that she didn't know she didn't know what zambuca was and that was yeah and you traveled yeah and, she'd never um, been abroad you know, and it's like, actually, teenagers don't want you to understand everything that they do. They don't want you to like all their music. They don't want mm. you to wear the same clothes as them. They don't. They want to exclude you because they need to exclude you because they need to find out who they who they are. Mm. And they need to. It's I mean, it's like when they're two and three and four and they start to run away from you. It's like it's like I always say it's the second toddlerdom. Yes. It's teenagers. Yeah. It's a sec. It's the second yeah, it's the second, second awakening. Yeah, where where and it's very very important. I I also think that you can't dismiss hormones. Our girls get really cross with us sometimes when they are down or they're struggling, and we say, "Well, some of this to do." I don't want you to just say it's my hormones, but I really struggle to make them understand. I'm not saying it's just your hormones, but what I'm saying is, hormones can leave you feeling absolutely upside down so any young person that's listening to this and does feel sometimes that their that their moods are uncontrollable that you can feel uncontrollable sadness you mm. can feel you can feel elation you can feel energized you can feel weakened you can feel exhausted they are like the petrol to your car hormones and you can be a victim of them at times and they can exacerbate other problems and feelings that you have going on so it's not to, to dismiss or to devalue what you're actually thinking or feeling or saying oh what you're feeling isn't really isn't really what you're feeling it's your hormones no but the two together can sometimes cause a little ex emotional explosion mm. that's mm. very difficult to navigate but i would say as a man who's been surrounded by many, many women in my life, all of whom have been have gone through that time of the month many times. When that shoe is on the other foot, 
Is that right? Is that the expression? Uh, and I, you know, one says, you know, you know the resistance that women have if someone says, is it your time of the month? Is it hormonal? Mm. There's fury. Everything feels real to you. Yeah, of course. But yeah. everything you're saying now gives validity to even that sort of ch- not challenge. But you know, it's like when I when, the, when I know the girls are sort of when it is the time of the month, or whatever. Let's say, look, this is expected. This is normal. No one's criticizing. Mm. No one's only saying your emotions are only attached to your hormones. But I have been around They're enough women all of my life where menstruating has been a major part of it and this is a hormonal moment for the woman and what I'm staggered by still at the grand old age of nearly 50 is that if you ever mention this to women they go don't say that yeah and but the thing is talking about young people as well I think we also we don't know enough about hormones we're not taught enough at school I'm still finding out extraordinary things about estrogen that I nobody has ever told me Mm. and all the very smart highly educated other women that I know that I'm discussing this with also didn't know all this stuff so I think you're right I think there's a real lack of information or Mm. misinformation about Mm. it and actually Boys, young boys, suffer just. I mean, if you think their hair goes crazy, they get spots. spots, They get masturbation, confused feelings, and they get emotional. And some of that is due to their hormones. Of course, and it's. I think it's because it's been used so often as a kind of attack. Uh, You know, with young people, oh, be their hormones because it is a bit of a dirty word, isn't it? Yeah, or for a premenstrual woman, oh, got it's your hormones, or even for a man. Huh, not enough testosterone there. Yeah. They're used as weapons, hormones, and actually they are the very life force of us, actually, right from, uh, you know, right from being a young well, teen. Yeah, so. yeah, but, I mean, the idea to deny that that's what they are now, but I, you see, the, the reason I'm sort of labouring all of this stuff is I find this really interesting because I think, you know, there are lots of studies have been done and lots of psychiatrists and what have you, I mean, I don't have the reference points at hand here, but I've read over the years, sort of equate that many of the preconditions of being a teenager with all of the mood swings and all of the intensities and sort of, you know, you know, all the emotional highs and lows that goes with it. Teenagers almost manifest all the symptoms of depression. They, you know, the very, mm. the very, the very state of teenageness, mm. where you're at and what your body's going through, your body, your mind, your heart, and your hormones are going through such a battering and such a sort of rapid state of change that the symptoms that present to the world are often the similar symptoms of, of depression or anxiety mm. and bipolar, even you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that it's hard as a parent, and I think this is a real. This is a really, really difficult thing for parents today in 2020. Because mental health issues and because issues around, you know, the mental sort of, you know, security of our children, uh, you know, they're everywhere, aren't they? I mean, we, every single day you open the papers and there they are. It's all over online, everything, more teens, more teens. Everyone's in, 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 in an anxious state. At what point are we dealing with just the sort of normal, friendly, suburban moodiness of a teenager? And at, But at what point should we, because we're all encouraged yeah. as parents to be looking out for those giveaway well, signs of so terrible, f- terrible behaviour, you know, terrible, so terrible, terrible issues? I mean, you know, you, you know, the signs of, you know, we all know the signs that you're supposed to look out for if you think that your child's doing mm. drugs or, or, or is being bullied or is being, you know, drinking, whatever. And yet they're very similar to just being a teenager, yeah. wanting to spend more time on your own, feeling yeah. spotty, changing your diet, not sleep, erratic sleeping. You look on any website about how to see whether your kid's doing drugs, they're just going to oh, give no. you a list of things that every teen does. And so I think what happens is that parents and teenagers just come up against each other because 
we desperately want to know what's going on. We want them to be happier, let's face it. Mm. We just want our teens to be happier than they are. Mm. And sometimes that can be very, very irritating to the team because it comes across in a stressed way. But actually, if we dig right down into the depths of it, we want them to be snuggly bugglies like they used to be. And we want them to be happy yeah. because when yeah. they're not happy, sort of from an egotistical point of view as well, we feel like we're failing as parents. When I look at the girls, and I've got four girls, obviously, and over the years I've seen a lot of moodiness, and I'm not singling anyone out. They've all, they all sort of demonstrate it in, in, in equal measure. Sometimes when I unpack what's sort of making them be like that, feel like that, look like that, they all have slapped bitch faces, you know, when, they, when they're sort of in repose and they're not looking particularly <laughs> yeah. pleasant. It's like, yeah. fucking hell, OK. Um, I often sense within most of them that, one component that I think is quite common is an element of fear. And I don't mean fear in the biggest sense of fear of life and fear of the world, but it usually is fear of something close to hand, whether it be a social situation, a fear of popularity, mm. fears around how they look Looks or how terrible, they are in terrible. their relationship. And so I think that you're right. I think it's interesting, the idea that you said at the beginning of this chat, which is perhaps, you know, teenagers go out into the world, and it's a bit like that front of house thing you've said, like the theatre sort of analogy. And backstage, back at home, they can. it's the opportunity to take off all the makeup, to be exactly raw and all this kind of exhaustion mm. and sort of deflation mm. and kind of, oh, God almighty, I don't have to be this here, do I, do I have to be girls, this here? For example, our girls have said, and we, we both identified with this, you know, it's just like, oh, God, I always feel like a go. They often say, oh, just, oh, I wouldn't say what I really want to do. Yeah. I go along with what the crowd. Now, that becomes quite exhausting. If you've sure. been out all day with your friends and maybe had a sleepover or maybe even a couple of sleepovers in a row, you've had to do so much of the... Social um, acrobatics. The acrobatics, <laughs> exactly, the acrobatics. And, and you know, and, and it is much more so with girls and girls' friendship groups. It's very, oh, very complicated. It's a constant game. Christ. You know, one minute it's this one against them, the other minute somebody else has yeah. said something. and Just it, punch it, each it, other like it boys. It is exhausting. So when they come home and they snap at me, and they will snap at me mm. a lot more than they'll snap at you, and they snap at me, it's because I, I kind of... I kind of embody that, do you know mm. what I mean? I'm a girl and I'm a thing. And then maybe sometimes everything they're saying to me is what they want to say to within their friendship group mm. that's complicated. So you do have to take it. It's part of being a parent. And I think the most important thing, the thing that we try and do all the time is to not, is to pick our arguments. Yes. If let that child sometimes slam the door. It's not the end of the world. Think about what they might have been dealing with outside of the door. It's not an easy time to be a young person. I, you know, we 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 never have um, that sort of up to your room, you're disgusting, you're mm. all of that sort of stuff, mm. which was the old-fashioned parenting. I see that as old-fashioned parenting. I think that all that happens there is that you're in constant conflict. Yeah. And in constant conflict, where does that get you? Well, I mean, some... some I mean, sometimes I will snap and I go, hang on a minute, yeah. actually, you don't get to talk to me like that. And immediately they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And you can see they caught themselves. They didn't even know that they were doing it. Mm. Um well, I mean, you know, looking into some of the science behind it, you know, teen moodiness is directly related to the development of the prefrontal cortex yeah, of the brain, mm. where more complex decision making and expressing one's personality and guiding one's social interactions takes place. But this area of the brain has what they call a bit of a renaissance during adolescence. So mm. it becomes sort of more intense. And in that intensity, sort of mistakes are made in mm. judgment. And I was thinking... It's also the time when they're supposed to be taking risks yes, for that frontal exactly. development. Yeah. That's how it develops. 
where hedonism take, kicks in. By taking risks. Yeah, absolutely. Poor buggers at the minute. Yeah. What, what risk am I going to rip my mask off for two minutes? You know, yeah. where are they taking their risks? But interestingly, I didn't realise that the hormones, the, the hormones role in a teenager is also how they impact on the brain. So oestrogen mm. and t- testosterone do affect a teen's brain, possibly leading to problems with moodiness. Um, and, you know, a good example of that is, is around... Sadness. Yeah, Yeah, sadness, exactly. And now, again, so listener, if you're listening now and you've got moody teenagers, do not be surprised if they're even moodier than ever because look at this current situation. Yeah. They have virtually nothing to distract them, all the normal yeah. kind of, you know... Missing uh, their friends. Missing their friends. It's like Maddie said the other locked day. Locked in with parents. Day. There's no parties, there's no concerts, there's no nothing to look for. There's no Christmas. And so what we had, we'd all been as parents... Uh, enduring before lockdown. My God, well, yeah. Well, look at this for a definition of the difference and distinction between depression and moodiness. Depression and other psychiatric disturbances have other signs other than just crankiness or moodiness. This is from the Very Well Family website. For example, teen depression may be accompanied by weight loss, weight gain, sleep disturbances, withdrawal from friends and family, or talk of suicide. Um, I personally think we have a real problem, I hear, with increasingly younger generations now, where a lot of language that's used is incredibly loaded language. It's incredibly mm. Well, you mean dark. because they have, they, they have it available to yeah, them? Yeah, but I yeah. think they talk about issues of suicide and wanting to kill themselves, not in a way that they want to kill themselves, but in, in terms of the drama of it. I Trying think to explain how they feel. How they, they feel, feel exactly. That, yeah. And I think every generation has their own journey and has their own language, if you like, to express their sense of you know, feeling outside of things, feeling alienated, feeling odd, feeling left, you know, I mean, I think the nature of being a teenager is that you only view yourself as standing out and being awkward and not quite fitting in, even when you're in a group. I mean, I think the greatest, the greatest myth is that if you're in a gang or in a clique or in a group or in a, you know, you've got, there's a big group of you. And I always remember at school thinking I was never in any clique because I had a girlfriend. I, I would move between the fringes on the edges of these cliques all the time. But within these cliques of, say, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids, within it, they looked hermetically sealed and perfect from the outside. Oh, look at those ten girls. They're all so cool. But within it, there's a whole other power struggle and there's a whole other issues. And they individually all feel like they're not good enough. And I think not feeling good enough is is one of the issues of being a teenager. So, you know, I think you're right. I think coming home is a retreat. It's a sort of like in terms of the game tag, it's, it's like a, a retreat place. to base. Yeah, I'm back safe at base. Place. And they and they and they, you know, it's a bit like you or I walking in from work and just kind of going, oh yeah. God, I just want to flop. At work, you'll have been, yeah, everyone, yeah. bye, have a great yeah. day. And you get home and go, oh my God, what a day. So, That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And I could well imagine, and we're probably going to hear from the kids in a minute, uh, from Maddie and uh, Carlitos, probably one of the worst things you can do as a parent which we all do and I know I'm really bad at this is 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 persistently asking if you're okay are you with right? an edge that's a bit annoyed yeah that's the thing well, are even you when, sure are you sure you're all right well especially when tone? they slam doors and I mean there are times I mean we when you do aren't door slams, no they're not door slams but you do say you've got to pick what pick you've got to choose pick when to battles. pick your fights but so when do you pick your fights when is the right time to pick a fight I think when they've been outright rude, Mm. that's different. There is a difference between being monosyllabic and just unable to speak because Mm. you feel that low or you feel that... And just being downright rude. Like, you know, like one of them the other day was just... She was just really rude. And, And I just said... And I could see she was also stressed, but I just said, you know... That's not okay, actually. Yeah. I'm actually being really nice here. Yeah. And you're just being really unkind. 
And then later on that day, she just sent me a text out of nowhere and said, I'm really sorry. So she yeah. kind of knew, you know. What? Now I could have gone, how dare you talk to mm. her. What would that have done? It just mm. would have caused, you know, adrenaline fueled arguments but that one wouldn't of my, have healed for days. But, and what's the point? What does one really achieve when one does that? But one of my biggest fears is always creep, is that if you don't check it and if you don't acknowledge it and if you don't sort of flag it up at the time that it happens, creep creeps in. And mm. I think one of the big problems of being a hate, the phrase, did you hit upon a different phrase when you did Loose Women? As an absent father? What am I? I'm not an absent father, but I'm not the... What do we mm. call dads that don't live with their kids but one of my major problems with that was that I, I remember feeling such levels of frustration when either Izzy or Fleur were having their own natural teenage moodiness for want of a better expression no place to make up with them. no place to make up with them you yeah. haven't got the time you haven't got that downtime during the week so if you're inheriting that often, one minute where you both laugh at no, something on the telly absolutely or and i think that's the most stressful part mm. of being of coming from sort of a hybrid step, home or being yeah. step step parenting or you know children between two homes is that you, what you don't see as the absent dad for want of a better expression is that they're being like that a lot of the time with the mum but you think oh god they're there all the time they're going to be having a great mm. time or there's going to be times of laughter and types mm. of times of brevity and fun but if you get a weekend and it's your one weekend and say two weeks or three weeks, all you've had is just a horrendously moody. Now that becomes a huge pressure. And one of the comments on the social on our socials this week is by a stepmom about a child, and mm. it becomes a huge pressure for the step mm. parent rather mm. than the actual dad. Mm. Um, you know, so moodiness. You know, my my problem with creep is sometimes unless you flag it up quickly, it could just become that child's attitude to you. Well, I think there is a line between a moody teenager, i.e. moody, i.e. pressures, hormones, and somebody, a teenager that's moving into tyranny. Right. And I know, um, you know, a friend of mine's son, and I think it's tyranny because what they do is they creep around in a weekend so that they don't wake him up. I absolutely don't yeah. believe in that. I absolutely think that that is just a step too far. Right. Now, neither would I ever be the sort of parent that go up and go, come on, it's nine o'clock on a Sunday, mm. why aren't you up? I wouldn't do that. But I'm not going to... Clip your life. Clip my life mm. and be really quite tiptoeing around because my teenager wants to sleep till 12 o'clock, which is what was happening. And with my friend, sometimes that pe sometimes that goes into one, two o'clock. That's tyranny. Yes. Um... Yeah, that's trying to teach your yeah. children so how like, to... Say if the girls came down ever and went, oh, God, I was sleeping, Mum, you were really noisy. Yeah. That would make me very cross. Yeah. That would be... That's not being a moody teenager. That's being... That's Just taking the piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's tyrannical. And that's... This is my... And we. I never want to say to them, when you're under my roof. Yeah. But there is a little bit of that. Because if I want to be up... If we both want to be up at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning doing stuff, actually... That's totally within our rights, so I will never allow that. Well, shall we have a listen to Maddie and yeah. uh, Carlitos? Uh, I'm, al I'm always intrigued at these points. I, I, I both sit with a sort of slightly sort of sphincter muscle moment, worried what they're going to say. Uh, oh, and can I just say before we listen to Maddie, I do think the word moody, I think the word moody is often assigned to men who are quiet. And it's really important as we go into the gully of hearing what our teenagers think and hearing what you guys think on, the, on our social media, that... I, I do sometimes think the word moody can be used by some mm. as a means to pejoratively describe someone who just wants a bit of quiet, a bit of me time, and isn't going about things. Do you know what I mean? I do sometimes think it's it's a very easy, grabbable term to apply to anyone 
who is just doing things a bit differently sometimes. And I think it's just something that we should bear in mind because I think some of the things that are coming through on a lot of the social media is just, you know, I'm thinking about shit. I'm feeling shit. Exactly. And I don't want to be asked about it. What they say? They have something... I remember talking to this teen psychologist once, and I think she said, teenagers average 50,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. So if you're constantly asking them... And I said to her, well, what do we do then? She said, you always... Make, let them understand that you're there yeah. when they want to. And you question yourself as to why you're asking. Mm. Is it actually for their sake or is it for your sake? And I was like, actually, it's for my sake. They know your door is open. That's actually what you're doing. Because actually, sometimes when they snap at you, she said they might be working out a whole complex load of things and you've just literally interrupted mm. their creative mind. If you think of it like that, that they're actually being creative, thinking about multiple different things and you've interrupted mm. that creative process, um, and sometimes then no wonder I, they're pissed off with you. And sometimes I know, and I mean, Izzy, to be honest, she's very she's very fairly brought, pulled me up on this as a parent and this is something that we should, we should bear in mind, parents, especially dads as well, is that dads can very easily go, oh, you know, you sort of say things in a way that actually is more about your annoyance and frustration mm. that people aren't doing things your way. Exactly. So you can be, you know, I know I have certainly asked in the past, we, we, everyone's very quiet in the car, why is everyone in, is everyone in, are you all right? What's wrong with you? You know, and if you say what's wrong with you in that way that's kind of, come on, you've got to sort your shit out you're not really asking what's wrong with you yeah and i you know i mean yeah. i think a lot of parents do that okay maddie here we go with moody teenagers i feel like it's quite hard because a lot of the time we don't even clock that we're being moody like i never know that i'm being moody when i am uh unless my you know mum or dad pull me up on it and that just makes me even more moody and more angry <laughs> um I don't know, I think when you're a teenager you just kind of see everyone or like all the adults around you as just being kind of irritating and like they've just forgotten what it was like to be our age. Um, so therefore like whenever they kind of question whether you're okay you just see it more as them attacking you for just not being happy all the time. And I feel like, I don't know why, but as soon as you're a teenager and you're at that point where you're moody all the time, you feel like suddenly everybody expects you to just be happy all the time. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, you're only moody because of your hormones and you've just got to push through it and just, like, pretend to be happy. And that pisses me off even more. It just makes me even more angry and, you know, <laughs> more moody. And I think questioning it just doesn't help at all. And, like, I think when I'm a parent and my teenager's moody, I'm literally just going to leave them alone for that day. <laughs> Just let them sort them stuff out. I'm not going to ask them questions. I'm not going to do stuff that I know that's just going to irritate them and then have a go at them. I'm just going to be like, okay, it's one of these days, and I'll just let you. I'll just let you be, because <laughs> um, I feel like if you even like if you try and help your teenager when they're moody, like I don't know, by trying to do fun stuff, you just make it worse. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to explain what goes on in a teenager's brain when they're moody because I'm not much. It's just because <laughs> literally majority of the time where I've been told that I'm being moody, I, I don't even know that I am. Um, and if I am, it's usually just like I'm tired or I'm premenstrual or I'm just angry at everything. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, and I, I think parents asking questions about it all the time just makes it even more annoying and it just makes us even more you know, closed off and be like, okay, then, well, I'm just going to be moody and there's nothing you can do about it. It just kind of makes you want to, yeah. But I don't know, it's hard to explain because I, I don't really think anybody's kind of aware of it when they're doing it. 
And if they are, they don't really even have, like, a specific reason as to why they're being moody. It's just, like, built up over time annoyance. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think parents just need to not... Because I think the the mistake that parents make is when their child's having a moody day is when they make the most amount of effort to, like, ask them stuff, tell them to do stuff and all of this. When I have children and they're on a moody day, I'm not going to tell them to do anything that day. <laughs> and then as soon as they're in a better mood again, I'm like, OK, so now you've got to do this. And then <laughs> um, just because I know that if you're in a mood and then you're told to do stuff, you just actually want to, like, burn the house down. That sounds dramatic, but it is what it is. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't really know a way of getting around a moody teenager because, like I said, they don't even clock that they're being moody, but I just think it's better to just not... to, to just leave them alone <laughs> and just let them do their own thing. Um, but, like, obviously don't let them be horrible to you and, like, walk over you. You know, there, there's there's a point where you draw the line, but I think when parents are like... Why won't you tell me what's on your mind? Why are you being like that? All of this, it just, it makes you even more angry. It's just like, I'm just going to go out then because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be here. You're going to ask me questions. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like, it's normal. I just think parents just got to come to terms with that's just how it is because they were the same at one point. Um, well, in a weird way, what she's saying is is that emotionally, we're very used to kind of teenagers and teens getting spots and all that kind of stuff. It's like an emotional blister, isn't it? It's like emotional pus. It's like that it builds over time and then eventually it just kind of it blows. I mean, moody is very different to having full-blown rows with your kids. And she makes an interesting point. I mean, if I ask you just in our marriage too many times if you're all right because your face looks thunderous, your mood seems different, you're not in a good place, but I inquire one time too many, game over. I do think, though, and we all fall foul of this, and it's a really important thing it, to, to, to distinguish between. It's like, and what you touched on that, with, that Izzy said to you, and mm. I'm sure I do it with the girls as well, is don't ask it mm. like you need it to be the, a positive answer. Mm. Because even as adults, if you or I say to each other, are you really, are you really OK? Then that's very different from, are you all right? Mm. You know, it can be so subtle. And if it's, are you all right? Because actually it's really annoying me that you don't seem all right. That's yes. the end of the sentence. Yeah. There's nothing more enraging because it's like, don't ask me. And that's what they're saying, isn't it? Don't ask me because it's not really about... About me. me. It's, about, it's about the fact that I'm pissing you off that yeah. I'm not happy. Yeah, so when and I, I said, when I, I don't ask that, be happy. Yeah, I always ask that in the car. Maddie always does impersonations of me, like she goes, Oh yeah, dad was in the car today and he just suddenly went, Oh, no one's very chatty then today, are we? Yeah. Are they? What's what's wrong with you? Is everyone all right? Is I mean everyone was very chatty earlier. Yeah, that is me wanting to fix things for me. Mm. I'm not actually wanting to know I'm not, not, not wanting to no, know because I don't care. It is more it is it comes across more that you're irritated yes. that people aren't happy. Yes. Rather than concern as to is there something going on. Yeah, and I think what we have to say to most parents listening to this is just think of the times when your people are badgering you for how you're mm. feeling. When does it get frustrated? I'll just use an example of how you get frustrated. I get beyond frustrated when I'm told I'm moody, when I'm just 
introspective or thoughtful. Yeah. It's it, it's beyond frustrating. I can't wait to hear what Carlitos has got to say. Oh God, um, I was trying to <laughs> find. I was trying to find it on your phone, but I don't know where some, it is. Are you going to put us all to shame again, Carlitos? Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be a sort of very strict kind of. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on the money. It's always on the money. But yeah, I mean, I think the word moody. It's it is a pejorative term, though, isn't it? Like moody teenager is the generic. It's the is it Kevin and Perry from uh, yeah. the Enfield and Friends? Yeah. Here we go, here's Kalitos. I don't think we really mean to be moody towards our parents. Um, I know a lot of pressure is surrounded by teenagers and that that is one of the key aspects as to why we come across moody. Um, we are concerned about tests and exams and coursework and deadlines. You know, I'm in sixth form at year 12. Um, so year 12 at school and I study acting and media and I play the main character in a performance in acting and I have a 20 page script to learn by next week and for media I have about three three tasks to complete um, each with a minimum of about four pages all by next week so you can see how all that kind of puts weight onto my shoulders um, so as I was saying yeah we have exams and coursework and deadlines to meet whilst also shuffling you know social status you know how we look to our friends juggling different friendships and mingling with people um i think people really underestimate how hard it is to be a teen in today's world we also have um some sort of pressure at our age to consider what to do after school finishes i.e a job or university or whatever we want to do to make a living. So there's so many different obstacles that are constantly mixing in our brain and sometimes the pressure just folds and it just becomes too much. We become moody because every little thing is getting to us and we don't mean to. Um, it's, it's just the way it is. But this doesn't help when adults then say, why are you so grumpy? Stop being moody. Oh, he's in a strop. She's just being stupid. You know, that kind of stuff just makes us feel like little kids when it's just the absolute opposite. We're just really stressed about things. And this links into why we're in our rooms a lot. You know, sometimes being alone as a teenager is necessary and can give us time to cope with feelings and organise the chaos going on in our lives. And this could be a reason why some teenagers' rooms are messy as well. You know, they have a chaotic mental like um brain they have a chaotic life and so that physicalizes itself i think parents do need to try to understand um that being moody is understandable especially at this age and in today's modern world you know it's it's hard i think it's really hard to be a teenager it kind of links back to what I said earlier, sometimes parents act like we are lazy or unbothered about things when really we are just so bothered about things that we're trying to put it off and have to act unbothered to cope and live day by day so that we're not stressed out about things. You know, we're just trying to take it day by day. And I do think parents should discuss with their teenagers why they may feel moody because it most always stems from a deeper issue, you know. Parents can try to address it with the teen, but 
have to respect that they may not always that may not always be the case we may not want to open up you know sometimes we just want to understand it ourselves and and that's also fine too for us to keep our issues to ourselves to deal with you know parents can only do so much support your teens know that we are intelligent capable give us all your great advice and let us go and carve our own path um as teens we are outspoken we are strong of character, sensitive, empathetic, sad, angry at times. The list just goes on, but some teens just want to stand on their own. Um, you know, when parents step into our problems, it sometimes makes us feel like they have all the answers or we have none and that we don't know what we're talking about or how to handle ourselves. And I don't think anyone likes to be made to feel like they're less than or not capable of handling themselves whether it's intentional or not wow wow, wow. brilliant Carly just don't try and fix us we're trying to fix ourselves yeah I mean and I think that's a really important point mm. because I think what you're saying there is that you know let us discover our, you know the, our mistakes for ourselves let us make you we're know, working the out decisions. our shit when yeah. we're moody we're actually just thinking yes <laughs> and also what I, li I like there a couple of suggestions one be lucky that all you're getting is a moody teenager because we're weathering and managing mm. an awful lot more shit mm. behind this face than you realise. Uh, and the other point which I think he makes, which is a very valid point, which we talk about, you, know, you always hear people, well, we've done it, talk about the brain, we talk about hormones, we talk about all that stuff. But actually, it is a time in your life where culturally we have bizarrely decided to ram and jam-pack those five to six years with some of the most urgent and important life decisions yeah what yes. you're going to study careers you're going to choose schools you're going to go to essentially the the tenor and structure of the rest of your life you are told to do at that point and we wonder why they look like they're walking around mm. with the weight of the world on their shoulders so again well done carlitos and maddie now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you can always come to lovely, cuddly old me <laughs> at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. Uh, a lot of people saying things like, just ignore us. A lot of teenagers contacted us, actually, which mm. is really nice. Just ignore us. The less attention, the quicker we will be back to normal. Oh, who's that from? Uh, I've lost it. Um, Marco Ticks, give space but prevent horrible decisions. That was best with me. I was quite demanding, though. That's another. Um, Ella, it does vary teen to teen. Try not to invalidate our feelings. I would say that because mm. it makes it worse. Absolutely. Yeah, don't ever sort of query and say, well, that's ridiculous. Oh, the worst phrase is, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Don't be silly. Oh, don't be so silly. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Rose Scullion, I have a 10-year-old that thinks he's a teenager moods. He don't, doesn't talk in the morning nightmare at times. Mm. It is getting younger and younger, really, that's true. Sometimes it feels very lonely when they just won't speak to you. Yeah, Shazza2234, very difficult. We seem to clash all the time, especially about the way she talks to me. Uh, Sophie Hooper, give us some space and we will come and chill with you when we're ready. Yeah. You know, space, give space. Not. I think the problem as parents is that we, and that kind of runs through a, a lot of the comment, comments that have come in this week. It's, I think we have to remind ourselves as parents, and we say, I say this a lot to the girls around anxiety and stress and, and worry and fear. 
don't feel that you have to urgently solve everything immediately. You know, I think there's a sense in society that we all have to always, always feel like we've got to do more now, quicker, 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 get it resolved, get it resolved. There is actually time, build time into it. And I think as a parent, I'm saying this to myself to calm myself down, really, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, don't feel so urgently like everything's at stake. Don't feel like everything's at stake. I mean, I know Mm -hmm. we were talking earlier about the distinction between moodiness versus depression and mental health issues. But if there is some clear distinction Everything ain't going to fall apart that night. No. Everything isn't going to implode and explode at that very point. And I think it's just, it's just important for us as parents to stop, take a beat, and take a breath. But um, but yeah. So um, so there you go, guys. Uh, Moody Tim, thank I, you so much for listening, guys. You we and and for and for contributing. We oh, just yeah. love it. We so love it. yeah. Huh. Mm. Uh, just going upstairs. Go away. <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye!